Hey, I'm Grace Elizabeth, and this is For Us, a podcast to help us all find a little more joy and connection in our everyday. It's part older sister, part motivational speaker, and I hope it helps you figure out how to live your most authentic, beautiful life. Let's dive in. Hey y'all, before the episode starts, just a quick disclaimer, the audio quality on this one is a little rough. I did not anticipate having as many technical issues on my end as I did, so bear with me, it's a wonderful conversation, but yeah, audio quality, not great this week. (laughs) Let's start with you, Cole. Who are you? How did we meet from your perspective? And just whatever you want to tell them about yourself okay um i'm cole i'm from nashville tennessee originally um i am currently in my evermore phase like both in taste in life in energy in in all the ways um and I met Grace in a little town called Cascade, Idaho. Is it Cascades so or Cascade? Small. I don't know. A I think tiny it's little town. Cascade, yeah. <laughs> yes. And I was immediately attracted to her mind and her love of poetry because she read a really beautiful, um, and of course now I can't remember the name, but poem for the quote, oh. which I picked... Well, I was going to say, actually, I read some of the poems from your book before, but then I, I think I passed you the quote, didn't I? Because I knew you were going to have a really good one. Yes. Because it was my I turn to do the that. quote. And I was think, trying to think about who, and for those who are listening, the quote is something we do to close out meetings at Adventure Treks. But it was such a big pressure because I was like 60 people and I was like, who the heck am I going to choose to <laughs> like to give the quote next? And I was like, I know that Grace will have a beautiful quote and she did and I'm trying to even think about like when our first interaction would have been I don't know I just like I don't we remember just... like to be but honest I, kn- I but just like, don't I really love meeting new people and building community and one thing that I like pride myself on is like finding quote-unquote like my people and the people that I vibe with so that's that's what I remember is just being like this part like I, I vibe with grace it must have been at a meal like that if i can yes. remember it had to have been at yeah. like either we were standing in line or something happened and i was mm-hmm. like yeah no that cole cole is the person that i'm going to enjoy yes being around and like talking to yeah yes so what do you mean by like how you're in your evermore phase i want to know so like I mean it on a couple of different levels because something that I experience with a lot of musicians but actually especially with Taylor is the ways that my relationship to her albums and her music changes so I didn't become a because I didn't become I'm going to expose myself a little bit and as like I, I don't so Swifties like don't come for me but I didn't I wasn't a huge like intimate Taylor Swift fan until Reputation um, because you know because of misogyny and because of like I just it, she wasn't this I, I was a Katie I was a Katie cat and so I was also like anti Taylor Swift for a little while when they had their feud going on during 1989 and just for a multitude of reasons I wasn't a fan but then I became like obsessed with reputation when she dropped it and all of just I think I thought like just the self-awareness and the like 
being in one's power and also being kind of like, yeah, this is all the shit that I did and like, whatever, I did it, I'm not sorry, like, or I, maybe I am sorry or maybe this is just the way that I am. So, yeah. and from then on, I kind of will, she'll release an album and it'll just like slowly build on me. So I remember when she released Folklore, um, I had, I had a, a bit of a, a bit of a reaction where I was just kind of like, okay, like, this is fun, I guess. And then I think it was probably like six months later that I just got like so into it and would just listen like to Epiphany on repeat, like, which, which is one of my favorite songs off of that album and just like listen to it over and over and kind of, I, I felt like I, I was in my folklore phase a bit in, in college because I was listening to it and because I was, um, I was relating to the songs like, August and like Cardigan, you know, when we were in yeah. like a COVID senior year, I was, and, and the one, you know, and remembering, especially I think the part, the parts of August and Cardigan where she's like talking about when times were good and when times were better. And, you know, the line about like when we were still changing for the better, because especially at a certain point during the mess of COVID, I was like, I think I'm becoming a worse person. And I think I like <laughs> at one point was invested in like being better and growing. And so I remember what, I guess I remember what that was like in the sunny days pre- yes pre-global pandemic and you know a similar thing with cardigan one of my favorite lyrics is uh to kiss and bar to kissing cars in downtown bars is all we needed and just yeah just remind me of and this is so classic but you just being abroad when i was abroad and, like i had literally had no cares except for just like bouncing around and having fun so basically like all of that is to say that that is kind of how i really relate like deeply and really come to love and experience her albums when I feel like it's like aligning with my life experience. And I think that makes me appreciate it so much more. And yeah. so I really am feeling like I started listening to Evermore when we were wrapping up in Hendersonville with Adventure Treks. Um, and it's just so interesting, like being in this phase of life, like now living at home and listening to Evermore, because there's so, so much about it is about ret- you know, returning to one's hometown the experiences one had in one's hometown, you know, tis a damn season is like, I'm living at my parents' house and the yeah. road not taken looks real good now. Like it yep. just, it hits so all those parts, like hits so hung and champagne problems. Like they hit so hard every time I listen to them. Um, yeah. So I think I'm, it both like literally is just, is describing, um, my like physical existence right now you know, navigating being back at home and being in my hometown. Um, and also just, I think energetically, like I'm just like, I'm ready for it and just loving every song now. Yeah. Well, Epiphany back last year, which I can't believe it was last year that she put that out, but Epiphany, I think touched on so many pain points and then the rest mm-hmm. of the album, just to riff about folklore, um, I'll get to Evermore. And then the rest of the album was this weird summary dream where it felt mm-hmm. like when you listened to it, you were totally okay out of whatever was going on in the world. Right. And it was pandemic time art, which was a new catchphrase that was coming out at that point. But mm-hmm. I think Evermore, and I told you about this, and I know I've talked to you about this, is very like, it's very real. It, it's mm, just yes. it's the realness, like coming down from that high of mm-hmm. being in that little bubble. Evermore, I think, has grown on me. And usually with her stuff, I was expecting a folklore, I think. And so when Mm -hmm. I listened to it, I was like, eh, I'm okay. There are good songs, but I'm not like, it's not my favorite. 
but right, <laughs> right, which is why I think I like couldn't. I didn't. They didn't come alive for me at the same time. Mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. She knew. <laughs> Are you gonna listen to Red when it comes out? Yes. Well, this is fun because, like I said, I didn't. I actually haven't. Like the first time I listened to. Um, Wait, which one was the one that she just... It was Fearless that she re-released. Yeah, yeah. Fearless. That Like, the first time I'd listened to the album fully was her version. So, like I said, because I didn't become, like, a full like full album listening fan until Reputation, I actually, with all the albums before that, like, really haven't... Hadn't really listened to all of them that much all the way through. You know, obviously, I've heard most of the songs just because yeah. of how, you know... I'm going to say ubiquitous, and I don't know if that's the right word, ubiquitous her music is. And I'm literally going to look that up. Sorry, the Gemini in me was like, the Gemini in me was like, you have to Google what ubiquitous means right now. I can, I'll Google it for you. It was right. No, I was right. It was right. Oh, you were. Okay. okay. It is a correct. It was an appropriate term to use. It means like present everywhere. Yeah. Um, Which it was. So I am, I will be listening to Red, and yes, I will be listening to All Too Well, and I'm very excited. Um, I'm scared. Yeah. That yeah. was like when back when I wasn't a like every song and every and like really intimate fan, like the ballads was what I love from her. Like Dear yeah. John, like All Too Well, Back to December, like which is that's what I think just she does so much of it so well. So I don't want to say like that's what she does really well. But like Yeah. Well, I just love her went, piano when ballads. When she like let herself be creative over the pandemic, guess what she came right. out with? illicit affairs like she came no, out literally, with all, literally. Of the, all of the things that we love and i think she Don't does that so well can. oh my right. god i love that song that song is a perfect song to me anyway it is yeah no but the ballad part or the sadness part is something that she does so well and i'm very mm-hmm. glad she does that well because i don't i mean maybe lana del rey is comparable with the storylines that she makes and like the way that she crafts feeling into her music, but I don't think there's like a mainstream artist that does that in a way that is good. Well, right, because Taylor's music is so, it's like so personal. And this is, I was actually reading an article where someone was once asking her why there aren't like more covers of her songs. And this was pre-Folklore and Evermore because I think she ventures... I think she ventures into folklore and everywhere. I don't think I know. She ventures a lot, and she talked about this, like into imaginative storytelling and like creating stories that she's not necessarily a part of. But I think so much of her music before was like just her diary, essentially. Like it, mm-hmm. it's so personal to her, and so I think that's what's more unique about her than anybody else, right? Because you know a lot of the, a lot of comparable pop girlies don't write their music, right? And no shade to them. Like, yeah. you know, they make, they make bangers, but right, yeah. right. And that's something that they just, so it's not, it's not the same as, as like with her, like writing most, most of her music, it's going to be like deeply personal. And so, yeah, there's just more, of, there's more of that in there because yeah, it's like her diary. It's like, and it's more obvious and accessible, I think, than an artist like Lana's music who Lana does like write and write about herself, but it's, it's, yeah, it's like vaguer, if that makes sense. Like Taylor, Taylor's always... I, like I said, I think she ventured into more, and I appreciate her venturing into more metaphor and more elusive storytelling and folklore and evermore. But yeah, I mean, I think especially before that, it was just it's just very like straightforward. Like, like Dear John is about John Mayer, and like Styles <laughs> about Harry Styles, and like you know what you're getting. Like, <laughs> imagine being John Mayer 
and no, then literally. seeing that that song came out just as the <laughs> it's such okay that song like kills me yeah. we sang that yeah. so much this summer and did I tell you the kids on my trip gave me a hat and they like just they like covered Dear John and called it what? Dear Cole yeah <laughs> Dear Cole and it was the sweetest thing I've ever and I, they gave me the lyrics that they wrote for it that is so cute because we literally sang it so much I'm surprised that they know that I mean not like I know that, that was, not that she's more, so but it's more, old but it's but, more of a deep cut it's more of a deep yeah. cut certainly yeah I don't know. I I don't know much about Lana, but I think she lives into like the mis not the mystery. It's just I don't even know. That's like a whole new world you could teach me right, about. Right. But she like owns that and is very like right. okay with being absolutely up in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, but Taylor, yeah, I think is very it's hard for her to not show her true colors. So Right. Her writing's personal, but it's Which we love about her. Okay, what is your favorite song? <gasps> mm, if you can't pick one, like absolutely cannot pick one, let me know. Off of Evermore and Folklore. Okay. You know, I'm a Gemini, so this question is really hard for <laughs> me of like which one is my favorite. And I also think that an experience I've had with these albums, which I think is the mark of a good album, is that my favorites change and the ones that I listen to a lot change. Yeah. If I had to pick, like, an absolute favorite off of Folklore... Like, I think it would be hard to do without August. Like, I think yeah. August remind, reminds me of Cruel Summer, which is, like, one of her best songs ever and that from Lover. Agreed. Um, and just, to, like, that's what I, I think that's what I named my my put my name as on this call is like salt, salt air, air and the rest on your door like that just it's like so summer it's so like driving with the windows down and I just love those yeah. types of songs so that one would be up there yeah I think if you like like gun to my head <laughs> had to pick a favorite I do love I do love illicit affairs and I love exile was my first favorite um and I love uh, Last Great American Dynasty. My, the four in me, like, loves Epiphany. Um, okay, so okay. I would say, yeah. Epiphany is incredible. That song makes yeah. me weep. Like, oh, yeah. I cried to it. Profusely Oh, yeah. Cry. Yeah. I, like, blasted it on the way to, like, do when I was doing a solo grocery shop this summer and just, like, cried while I was, like, driving on the cliffs by the, like, massive river in Washington, the massive, like, river canyon. Yeah. Um, and it was just beautiful and I just shed a tear yeah. um, but August from Folklore and then from Evermore if I had to say right now it would be between Gold Rush and Tis the Damn Season Gold Rush is incredible Gold Rush is also, so also good Tis the Damn Season and is probably in my opinion the one of mm, this is going to be controversial her, one of her top five songs ever. Yeah. It's so like, good. I would, say, I would say Gold Rush of those two. So that's okay. those are gonna be that's gonna be my answer right now. And the thing is that like will be different in a week, but I'll say right now Gold Rush in August. <laughs> Do you like have other favorites outside of those two albums? Do you feel like those are your favorites from her? So, Reputation yeah. is probably my favorite album from her. 
Um, and also for the listeners, again, keep in mind, I became an intimate Taylor Swift fan with, with the start of Reputation. So Reputation is always up there for me just because like it came out, it just came out at a good time. And I came out, I was in my Reputation era when it was came, coming out and I was like, you know, just burning some bridges and doing a lot of growing up and a lot of hard growing up and a lot of kind of, you know, fuck it, I, I'm not going to please everybody or be everyone's favorite person. Um, and so I just like stand by reputation. Like I love that album so much. And especially, I also, I think feel more defensive of it. Cause it's like off, it's like people's least favorite of hers is the one people kind of talk the least about, you know, I mean, and I don't know if that's wholly accurate, but that's kind of what it feels like. It's the least, it's kind of the most different. Yeah. So I just, I like, there's a, have a really, really special place in my heart for that one. And just song, I mean, just songs like getaway car, which yeah. are for me are just like top five, at least, like at least of her things which I think is what part of what I was going to say is she does so many things well and something I think she does really well is like songs like I'm the problem songs basically <laughs> or like I yeah. like I was the mis- I like yeah. messed up like 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 daylight like archer like you know all like all of my favorite songs which is but it's not it's also it's some of them and back to December and, and it, she balances some of them is mainly her apologizing and some of it also it's just a mix of like I'm sorry but you all you know I was you also hurt me and also like this is just how I am and I'm learning to navigate the world and the joy and the pain that being this way brings me um, and so I think about that with I just yeah just like getaway car is like up there for me like it definitely is inspired like the way it ends um sounds a lot like the way a Dolly Parton song ends who's also a fave so like yeah I'd say Reputation is is definitely up there um I have like so with my thing with Lover is that it has some of her highest highs and also her like lowest fucking lows tell me what those are like tell me what the lows are because I have okay two songs that I feel like can go in the trash (laughs) So from that, I would throw me. Oh yeah. <laughs> clear. I'm not. I'm. I'm sorry. I don't like Brandon Urie, and I'm not a fan of Panic at the Disco. Me and I hate oh me. God. And I also don't real. I really don't like. You need to calm down. And just the whole image of it. And like I, I, you know, I had fun with the video where it was like her and Katy Perry reuniting. But it's just very much giving like, you know, like white cis female celebrity is like gay rights in a song and she I don't know I just kind of like for the first time stop. and she was like no right this is it <laughs> so those two it, the, yeah, yeah those two are just I'm, I I would throw away I don't love um I, I don't love false god okay. either um I mean it's fine and then and then there's also songs there's there's a group of songs that I would put together that are like London Boy and Paper Rings that are kind of fun and catchy and like I'll play if I'm in the right mood but aren't you know aren't ones that I'm gonna like go to her ever to um You'll Get Better Soon is a skip for me and like this is the thing and not to like to only to criticize her a little bit because this is the thing that she does that frustrates me and it reminds it's the same thing in No Body No Crime (laughs) is that she has these, like, incredible female, like, people, other artists on the songs, and then they're always the backup vocalists. She did it with Haim, she did it with Marilyn Morris, and she did it with the Dixie Chicks, where it's, like, they're literally backup vocalists, and it's, like, you have these, like, incredible, iconic, 
doing all the, their own cool things, art, like female artists, and you can't, t- you, you can't tell me that they were on the song. I, the only reason I knew is because their, their name was listed. Yeah. But you give freaking Brendan Urie and Bon Bonnie Vare, Bon Iver, like multiple <laughs> verses. You know what I mean? And then like I wish, and I don't know, I, I don't know what it is, but I part of me wonders if it's also like just a limitation of her like heterosexual imagination because while I think like she, so many of her songs or more of the song more of her songs in folklore and evermore like do give space for like queer interpretation I think that's also very much like the audience not the artist you know bringing life yeah. to that and I, I so I appreciate the songs give space to it but I wish I'm like why why can't you do like a verse a romantic song with like a female you know singer as singing the other verse you know what I mean like I, I think she could well at least give them I think there would at be least give I, them uh, versus to sing by themselves in the first one. Also, no, but, right. you know, I think this is something that was shared around the time that Evermore came out because Nobody, No Crime was like, mm-hmm. where are they? Hello? Right, they're And not... so I th- there was an essay that came out that there was an opinion article, but it was talking about how they think that Taylor loves being the strongest vocalist there. Um, and Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if this is how she feels because she's very outwardly and publicly like women support women, but right. I don't, I wouldn't consider her the strongest vocalist of our generation. No, I mean, she's not a vocalist. She's a songwriter. So like, you know, uh, (laughs) I don't think Haim would have upstaged her. I don't think Maren Morris would have either. But it's, it's weird. It is really odd. Well, it's just, it's just, it's more of, and it's also more of just like a missed yeah. opportunity because it's like, I want to hear you create with these really cool artists and hear them, give them space to be themselves in their songs. And Red, apparently, doesn't Red have a feature with Phoebe Bridgers? And I swear to God, if Phoebe Bridgers is just a backing <laughs> vocal, I will literally, I will, I will literally call <laughs> Taylor. But anyway, I mean, Lover, but to go back to Lover, but then... You have all that, but then you have songs like Cruel Summer, yeah. um, you know, Death by a Thousand Cuts, Cornelia Street, which I think are some of her, like, finest work. And, like, they make you feel, they make you want to, like, run through a field in summer, they make you, like, want to cry, like, you know, call your friends, like, they're just, like, so good. Well, oh my god, well, Archer and Daylight, and excuse Archer, me, Archer, Daylight, and Afterglow. Too. Like, that's kind of the other, I, I, those I, are, I, I had the first thing in this, the fellows, like, Archer, Daylight, yeah. and Afterglow, it's like, so personal, so intimate, like, so much about growth, recognizing where you're wrong, and just, I just, I love the, like, the pushing past of needing to be, like, victim or conqueror, or needing to be right or wrong, and just being like, I have been the Archer, and I've also been the prey, like, but can, you know, can we work it out and can, you know, who's going to stay? Like, I, I think the, I'm going to riff about the Archer because I think mm-hmm. this is the song that I keep going back to is like her best song yes. possibly ever. Um, which is very, it's very closely tied with a bunch of other ones. So it's not like, this is it. Um, and I hold other people to that. I don't, but I think, when I hear the lines, they see right through me. Mm. I see right through me. Who could ever leave me, darling? Who could stay? You could stay. I, yeah. My brain, my brain goes into monkey mode. I don't even know what to do at that point. It's it's her. 
it's yeah it's just her display as a songwriter and her being self-aware enough to be able to turn that into art so mm-hmm. no when i like that i was transported <laughs> and this is one of the songs that like i didn't it didn't i didn't come to it like it like came to me like i didn't come to it when yeah. i like had warmed up to it like it it became like instantly like my one of my like uh, like favorite one of like her best like one of my favorite of her songs excuse me tripping over my words here but you know the tra- the the like the transition from like they see right through me they see right through me can you see right through me and then she goes yeah. i see right through me like when she like shouts or like says like loudly like i see right through me like i literally scream that lyric because it's yeah. so because it's just like uh, like you know and especially coming off of that reputation you know the whole year of like and and just i think her coming to grips with like living so much of her life under public scrutiny and like being called fake being called like whatever like all of the things yeah and then just being in a song like yeah they see right through me like can you see right through me like because i see right through me and i'm just like yeah i i literally see right through me too like taylor like yeah. come on like i uh, think that's a four thing like i'm yeah. gonna be honest with you I really do think that's a poor thing. Not that everything yeah. is related to the Enneagram or <laughs> astrology. I'm just going to preface this for anybody listening. <laughs> I always will forward those comments with, I don't think everything has been that. But I do think, like, the longing for yeah. something more. Yeah. It's very seen in that song specifically. But It's just, like, just everything, just, like, stripped back and, like, transparent and, like, Yeah. That's a. I'm in the shower and I have the lights off. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which has happened yes. on more than one occasion. Anyway. Oh, my, yeah. I agree with you. Lover is a high and it's also a very, very dark low. <laughs> yes. So if I could take about like three quarters of the album, it's incredible. And yeah. yeah. And when daylight too, like just the way it starts, like the starting it with no intro and it's just like my love was as cruel you know as the cities like that's so good um oh and like and like also like when she's so because this is something that i love about folklore and evermore too is that they're so self-referential but like within the albums and like so many lines and lyrics are repeated like you know road not taken all of those things um that's what something I love in Daylight is the part where she goes, you know, I once believed love would be like burning red, but yeah. it's golden. And just like referencing her, I don't know, referencing that growth and like her maturity. Yeah. And referencing her younger self to at one point, like, and who believed something about love that wasn't necessarily wrong. She's just having a different experience of it now. She grew. Um, but that's like okay. also what's so cool to like, to grow with her and to like, be in relationship like with her music as we are getting older um was being able to catch those references and what makes it all like richer i think i think i there was a point where i was not open enough to understand that i like her music because it just was like it um i think the media did a really good job of being able to portray her as whatever it was during that whole it was during that whole like friend Taylor Swift has the friend group that's a bunch yeah. of models drama. Um, and I, and I dropped that. Like, I dropped listening to her. I just like, yeah, I yeah. Know. It's going to be a personality trick to not like her because for was, whatever reason. Exactly. Was, yeah. It was the thing. It, it made 
you cool. Yeah. And now, <laughs> I think it was it was the growth of like understanding that um, she's done nothing but grow in front of the public eye, and to do mm-hmm. that with also doing that in your art, it, it's something like I don't think. Britney Spears is a different artist, but I don't think Britney Spears had that path page for her. Like, she wasn't no. able to do that. She wasn't afforded that freedom. Yeah. Um, and I think Taylor is, like, thought very, very hard to keep that. Yeah. Path. No, exactly. And I told, I told kids, like, especially, like, the middle school boys that I was with this summer and fall when I would play Taylor Swift is I was, like, a mark of maturity and growing up is, like, stopping pretending that, stopping to pretend to hate Taylor Swift. Like, as as a personality thing. Like, you don't, you don't, like, being mature is, like, appreciating her music. (laughs) No, and I mean, like, obviously, like, there will be, there's whatever. You know, she's not for, obviously, she's not for everybody. And, you know, her music isn't for everybody. Not everybody's going to, like, love and appreciate her. But I think, yeah, growing out of the phase where it's a personality trait to this, you don't have to like it, but, like, it's your misogyny. I was like, it's it's your misogyny jumping out. So, unfortunately, this is the part of the podcast where Cole is not here because my podcast recording system stopped recording. So, Cole and I went on to start a conversation about being and feeling independent in a time of your tumultuous early 20s, which I'm very, very happy to say will be coming in a second part. I also wanted to say that our Taylor Swift conversation ended with us talking about the misogyny of ganging up against one person or one woman, and specifically Taylor Swift. So just to give you a little bit of resolution, that's what we talked about. But like I said, part two is coming, and I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Um, It was truly a delight to talk to Cole. His mind is somebody, is is a mind that I want to keep in my life forever. I think he's going to do incredible things. Um, I I feel, Cole and I, I love talking to Cole because I feel very seen. And I think that is one of Cole's gifts is being able to relate and to love as soon as you know, that happens, that connection happens. So Cole, thank you. I know that you're not able to sign off the way that you did, um, which was very NPR style, but I just wanted to personally thank Cole for being on, even though our sound quality was weird and we had technical issues. I love you, Cole. Thank you so much. Hey, this is the official outro. I just wanted to hop on and say thank you again for your weekly support of tuning into this week's episode and sharing what I have to say. It means the world to me. I also wanted to mention that 4S is recorded and edited on you people's land. Thank you so much, and I cannot wait for you to listen in next week.